Hello, everyone. Welcome to your next stop. And you guys know every week I say I am so excited for my next guest, but I love bringing you guys these inspirational stories of how someone has followed a passion and turned into a business. And this is one of these amazing stories. So I wanted to introduce you guys to Divya from Wander Beauty. So Divya, welcome to your next stop. I'm so happy to be here. Welcome to your next stop. This is Juliet Hahn. I am a wife, mom, virtual coach, public speaker, and crazy obsessed dog lover. I am so honored to be able to take you into the life of someone that has followed a passion. Every week, I hope you are as inspired as I am. Welcome to your next stop. I'm excited for you to jump into your story because every person that I have, I think storytelling is so important. I think we learn from each other and we also really connect with each other's brands and people through storytelling. So I would love for you just to dive into your story, how you got started, where you were, like where did you grow up and all of the um, and the wonderful things. And then I also want you to pronounce your full name because I did not say your last name. Debbie Agugnani. Um, I'm co-founder and CEO of Wander Beauty. I am also founding partner of Conceptico, which is an early stage investment fund. I started my life in Springfield, Illinois. I was born in Springfield, Illinois, in the middle of nowhere. I moved to Long Island, um, a suburb area of New York City, when I was about three and a half, grew up there, went to Cornell undergrad, studied government and economics. It was a joint program called policy analysis. I thought I was going to be a lawyer. I was like, this sounds like a great career for me. I, I love to... I'm just an objective thinker, rational thinker, love to argue, which perfected that in my teenage years with my parents. So I'm like, let me, let me put those skills to work. And so I uh, went to Cornell thinking that I would go to law school and I did exactly something totally different from that. I was dating someone who was working in investment banking after graduating college. And I was like, this looks so exciting and sexy. Like driving around in black cars, meeting CEOs, staying up till two in the morning in the office, you know, crunching numbers on Excel. And I did an internship in investment banking, went into investment banking after graduating college. My first job was at Goldman Sachs. It was an amazing experience. I basically slept under my desk for two years and I enjoyed every day of it. Like so many people say they didn't enjoy their career in finance. And I loved every day of it. I learned a lot. Um, I think I learned one of the most important skills of being an entrepreneur, which is be a sponge and just absorb and soak in and learn everything around you. And at Goldman Sachs, I was like the shy, quiet, you know, introverted girl who graduated Cornell and had her head in a book. And I learned to like come into my own and to you know, build confidence and to present and just articulate my thoughts in a more, you know, eloquent manner. And I really loved my experience there. I then carried on and worked in private equity, invested in late stage businesses, worked in venture capital, invested in early stage businesses, went to business school along the way, went to culinary school along the way. So I have three degrees. Um, I would say culinary school was the hardest of them all. And I then got bitten by the entrepreneurial bug and have been a serial entrepreneur ever since. So I have co-founded four businesses. I've sold two companies. I've 
enjoyed the early days of starting a business, growing it, scaling it, and then seeing the eventual sale, which is, you know, pleasant and exciting and nerve wracking all at the same time. And I'm currently running Wander Beauty, as I mentioned. We focus on clean beauty essentials, things that are totally effortless, multitaskers that you use wherever you wander. So we really focus on color cosmetics and skincare. You might know us for our iconic Baggage Claim Gold under eye mask, which is basically like coffee for your eyes and your face, which just kind of wakes you up, um, makes, you, makes you look alive. Um, and I've been running the business for about six plus years. We're globally distributed um, through partner, partners like Sephora and Nordstrom, um, Neiman Marcus, Blue Mercury, all sorts of great retail partners, also wanderbeauty.com. And I've always had a passion for investing, as you know, from my early career. And so I love to invest in entrepreneurs. And I've invested in now, I think we're at 75 or 76 companies in the last 21 years. I just oh my closed gosh. my most recent investment. I think it was 75 or 76. I need to get the number right. And I invest a lot in entrepreneurs in the beauty space, in the personal care space, also in consumer tech more broadly. And I love learning and growing by investing in other entrepreneurs and kind of giving them advice on how to scale and build, but also learning how they're doing things kind of better, faster, cheaper than I did them. I love that. So I'm going to pause you because I the one thing that it just jumps out the whole time in which I really love, and this is what I want my listeners to think, because this, this, this podcast is always, I want you to think and then take that action from something that you maybe learned in from one of the guests. So you obviously love to learn. Yes. I'm very intellectually curious. I would say that's the hallmark of my personality. Which I love. So I, and I wouldn't say that I'm intellectually curious. I'm dyslexic. So school was like all that school that you said, I was like sweating. I'm like, oh my God. However, I love to learn from people. So that's why I started this podcast because I am so curious about what others are doing because that's how I learn best. So that's what I want someone to hear is I learn best doing the way, the way I learn, you learn best the way you learn. And you've taken your skill set and have gone in this direction. I've taken my skill set and gone in another direction. So everyone has to really think of what fuels them, right? So you learning from, you know, being intellectually curious has fueled you to create this amazing dynasty. I mean, really having as many businesses, as you said, under your belt is really cool. And the fact I could literally, when you were talking about your story, I could see you underneath your desk because I had friends you know, I grew up um, outside of Philadelphia, but I moved to New York City. I went into the advertising and I, you know, I remember working my tail off, but I had friends that went into that investment banker side, um, went into finance and they worked just, it, it just was different, right? They worked very differently than the hours that I worked, even though my hours were pretty crazy as well. So I think we all have paths and we all, some of us have paths that are not the paths that we thought. As you said, you went into something and you thought, let me try this. That's the other thing that really stood out is that you weren't afraid of trying something new and, and getting your hands dirty and working hard because you had that confidence. Yeah. I think that I really am intellectually curious. I'm not afraid to pivot and change. And I'm constantly learning new industries, learning new you know, businesses, learning everything along the way. Which is really, really cool. So tell us how, um, first, I would love for, now, what did, What was your first entrepreneur? I mean, what, you know, actually, I want to back up. Culinary school, what made you do that? <laughs> I love to cook. I was always um, kind of shy and introverted. My parents loved to entertain. Just imagine I, like, grew up in the 80s and 90s. 
And so it was all about like parties and people over and that are like big Indian cultural gatherings. And I used to hide in the kitchen. Like it was just a good spot for me to just kind of hide. And so I learned a lot when I was in the kitchen and I love to cook. I find it's a great way for me to express my creativity and to like explore different flavor combinations and textures. And I just like, I really love to cook. Like if you look at my Instagram, I'm at D G U G N A N I D Gugnani. I'm always posting recipes and food I'm eating. And I just really so enjoyed it. And then, so I just wanted to cook and like really just develop it as a, I never thought it would be a career, just a better skills. I went to culinary school nights and weekends while I was at Goldman Sachs. I then hosted a culinary short form TV show on NBC, uh, local. I was on the local network to all the O&Os. So Boston, Dallas, San Francisco, LA, New York, you know, all those regional cities. And I loved it. And I was before my time because Advertising revenue, as you know, is hard to scale. One day you have a sponsor who gives you a six-figure check, and then you're waiting by the phone for six weeks and the phone doesn't ring. So I really just learned the hard way that it was hard to scale that business. And I ultimately ended up pivoting from that company um, and starting a fashion accessories and beauty destination and building a proprietary algorithm for intelligent shopping recommendation technology. Just totally different. (laughs) Right. It sounds very different and a mouthful. But so that's the thing that is so like, so you went into things that you enjoyed, right? So you were like, I really enjoy cooking. I want to explore that. So I, one of my guests that I had on, um, uh, her name is Paola. She's from Lake Cuomo, Italy. And the, one of the things that you just said, and she said, because I do not like to cook. It's not my cup of tea. I, uh, my kids know my husband is a great cook, but great. the thing that you said, you married well. I, oh, I did. Oh, thank goodness. Or we would all, <laughs> yeah, yes, I did. The thing that she said that was really cool that you just said too, is like putting recipes together to see what comes out of it, doing the experiments to see what you can create, um, is a really cool thing. So what was one of the, the biggest takeaways that you learned from going to culinary school that you think that you wouldn't have learned if you, if you didn't go? I think it's the ultimate test of teamwork. Like teamwork is, you know, you go to college and you work on team projects, go to high school, you have group projects. But when you're cooking on a line, the end dish is a result of many people touching it and participating in the success of that end dish. And it's the ultimate test of working together as a team because the meal doesn't go out if everyone doesn't do their part. And so I learned teamwork and collaboration and the dependence and interdependence on people while I was in culinary school. Which is so cool. So I was an athlete or I am an athlete. I played two sports in college. And so when you were saying that, I was like, oh my gosh, it's just like the field, right? When you're when you're on a team, if, if you can get the ball to the next person, it just gets, you know, the team just wins and, and, and the, it's teamwork. And so teamwork can be seen in so many different aspects. As you said, in, in high school, you're, you're put on, you know, you'd have to do this lab together. Let's work together. And the thing that I think is 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 one of the um, and I talk about this often on my podcast or other podcasts that I'm on is it's really important to know your strengths and your weaknesses and celebrate them because w- we all have weaknesses and we all have strengths and as I said being dyslexic in school school was really tough for me but I found really quickly what I was good at and then I 
thank goodness, had very supportive parents, supportive friends. Um, I was a confident kid. So I was like, okay, I'm really not good at this. So I'm going to hone in on my communication skills on how to figure out how to get people to help me do this without letting them know I'm really struggling. So I really learned a different way to interact with people. And it's very similar of what you're saying and running a business. A hundred percent. And businesses are interdependent on people. And so outstanding brands and businesses are built by outstanding people. And so it's the, it's the network, it's the team. One person may take you one direction thus far, and then you hire another more seasoned team and they take you a little further. And so it's this handoff, like a relay race of building a brand along the stages of how to get there to the finish line. Right. So what do you think is one of the things that fuels you the most as you're creating? I mean, because the amount of stuff that you've had your hands in is is really remarkable. And someone might look at that and be like, oh my gosh, that's exhausting. How did she, how was she able to do that? So I would love to get a little insight into how you work. Like what, what were the things that really fueled you to continue to find other opportunities to help grow and, and get them out? I think I love to learn. I think it goes back to the intellectual curiosity. Like I... I'm also very self-aware. I think that's another piece of it. I know what I know. I know what I don't know. And so I'm always trying to learn what I don't know or connect with, like you said, and learn from other people to figure out what I don't know and solve problems. And so I really spend a lot of time getting to know people, all walks of life, all different industries. I'm constantly learning. I'm constantly in my business making mistakes and growing and you know, networking and meeting experts to kind of help me overcome challenges. So I think it's very important as an entrepreneur to be self-aware and to understand your own strengths and your own weaknesses, and then really like accept and acknowledge your weaknesses and work around them. How am I going to solve for my weak areas? Do you bring strong team members onto your team who complement your skill set? and who brings something different to the pie. Yes. And I love that. And it just g- it gave me the chills because I talk about this all the time. And, and it's really, it's it's true. One of the things about that you said about failure is there's so many people don't start things or they don't go out to um, try new things because they're scared of failure. I like to call it missteps because it's one of those things. I feel the more missteps I make, the more I'm learning. And so I actually... If I make a mistake, I'm like, okay, good. What can I learn from that mistake? Where can I be better next time? And that really fuels me. And and some people will say that's so weird. You like you're fueled by mistakes. Again, being dyslexic and really struggling in school, I made so many mistakes, so many mistakes. But I learned so much about how I learned and then taking those mistakes and seeing, okay, why did I make that mistake? And that's where I am very curious. Why didn't I make that mistake and how can I make it better in the long run or help others maybe not make that same mistake? You know, maybe the, maybe make a different mistake because they can learn from the mistakes I have made or the missteps I have uh, have gone. So can you talk a little bit around, you know, on, on that? Yeah, absolutely. I think that we all make mistakes. And I think that as a leader, one of the most important things you learn is to acknowledge your mistakes. And it's really to say, like, I screwed up. I made a bad judgment call. There was something wrong about what I did. And just really take ownership for what you do wrong. And I think it just builds a different type of loyalty with your team and a different type of relatability. Um, And then you just take it from there and kind of think through, okay, this person's human. And they ex- and I accept the fact that everyone in my company is going to make mistakes at some point. So better to be open, up, 
upfront, forthright about the issues, the problems, and what you did wrong, and how you're going to create a system and a process that doesn't happen the next time. So it, I think that's a big part of mistakes. Create a you know a mistake friendly culture at work. So it's okay that we all make mistakes because I do it all the time. Right. You know, I think it's really important. I know when I'm working with um, consultants or I'm running rooms in Clubhouse or I'm running rooms in Fireside, you know, Fireside, or I have people joining me and stuff, I will always say to them, listen, you're going to make a mistake. So know you're going to make a mistake. Don't be scared of it, but learn from that mistake. Like how many times have, have I gone and I've done a podcast where I forgot to hit record or... I, I messed up with something. Now I maybe done it one or two times. Or how many times have I jumped on fireside and I've just been in the green room and I've talked to my guest about here's how do you unmute yourself? And I've started the show and I haven't unmuted myself. Now I would like to say I learned from it the first time, but I've done it like three or four times. But now I'm so laser, you know, and I'm just talking and the guest is going, I can't hear you. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm live. It's being streamed to all these different platforms <laughs> and they can't, they can't know that I'm not talking. They think they're just getting dead air. How many people did I just lose? But that's okay because it was meant to happen and I just have to learn from that. So I think that's a really good thing. And I think it shows as a leader, your vulnerability that you're human. We all make them. And if you're not going to accept it, you're, you're not going to connect with the same people in the same way. Stay tuned for a quick message from my sponsor. Hi, my name is Shari Hodes, and I'm the president of Aura Limited, a proud all-women-owned brand marketing and global sourcing agency. Simply put, we provide fashion-forward swag for any and all of your branding needs. Please visit us at www.auralimitedspelledout.com. So I would love for you to dive into a little bit about Wonder Beauty and just like tell us how that came about and then anything else you would like to share with the listeners that you know you think would give them a little excitement. So Wonder Beauty was really built out of a personal pain point and passion. So I always loved beauty as a kid. Like I used to watch my mom put on makeup and like take care of her skin and like rub all these Indian lotions and potions that used to come out of the fridge and the pantry and like be blended in the blender um, and milk for your face and haldi, which is turmeric and like, you know, all sorts of stuff. So I always loved beauty. I just never thought it would ever be a career. But then I had this unique opportunity when I sold my last business to QVC. I work on, worked on the digital side of beauty. I learned a lot while I was there. And then I, um, I was, became a mom of two young kids. And so I had two children within two years. I was exhausted beyond belief. I just really was, you know, putting on under eye concealer on the subway on the way to work. And I looked around on the train and I'm like, someone's putting on sunscreen, someone's putting on mascara. Like we're all just doing our beauty on the go. We're living time starved, busy, active lives. We need clean beauty essentials, things we reach for every day that work with our life wherever we wander. And so that was really like, there's a pain point there. And my co-founder, Lindsay, was going through the same thing. In fact, she just um, had a bit in her second child. So I'm super excited about that. And oh, congratulations. Yeah. And, you know, we wanted to create a brand that really was for women, by women, real women in the context of their real lives. And so that came across really clearly in our creative, our portrayal of the customer, our, you know, kind of connection with the customer and crowdsourcing and have her being involved in the journey. And I feel really good about the brand and the business we've created. We've won 37 beauty awards. 
think six or seven Allure Vista Beauties at this point, which is the you know Hall of Fame of Beauty Awards. And um, I'm very excited about the brand and the business we've built, and we have a lot more to do. So we're still at it. I love that. Now, how did you guys get connected? We met at a party. This is like, you never know when you're going to meet somebody and where. Yes. I met her at a party and I introduced myself. I invited her over to lunch because I was nursing my daughter and I couldn't leave the house. And I literally told her, I want to start a beauty brand. Do you want to do it with me? And I met her at a party for like an hour and we did it. And just that in, it just tells you like, you never know when your next opportunity is around the corner. Be open, be receptive to the energy and the world that's out there. Connect with people, talk to them, get to know them, and also do things together. Collaboration over competition. I love that. And you know what you just said? And I talk about it all the time. I just was on a podcast yesterday and I was just in um, a, a room talking about this because what you said is you never know who you're going to meet and what's going to come out of it. And that is so important. I tell everyone all the time, just be present when you're talking to someone. Just think, okay, and not every person is put in your, you know, in your path because of, you know, there's something that's going to come out of it, but you really don't know. So I was explaining this uh, situation to um, on this podcast is I babysat for this family back in, I grew up right outside of Philadelphia and I babysat this family, the Zordiches, who Michael was a NFL player. He was in the league for 12, 12 years. They came because he was transferred there. And my mom happened to be the kindergarten teacher. My mom was kindergarten teacher to her sister, Cynthia's sister, Tina. So they, they, and I babysat them. They said, can you, you know, can you also, you know, go and when, when Cynthia needs you, she's, you know, running this business and blah, blah, blah. So as a 16 year old, 17 year old girl, I remember just being in awe thinking of, wow, Cynthia is so creative. That's so cool. She's got three young kids. Her husband's in the, the league. They've, they've moved around all these different places. Um, and I'm just like, it just as a young girl being really like, that's so cool that she's still doing something for herself. She was actually taking pictures and the Eagles organization hired her, uh, you know, to be actually a photographer, to do things, not just for the players on the field, but for the players on the sidelines and the people in the stands. So she had a very specific niche and she was very talented at what she did. And I, I was, um, just in all of how she was juggling that all with three kids, you know, you have two young kids. And so as a teenage babysitter, I was like, oh, that's cool. Years gone on. I went to college, you know, we've lost touch. Uh, you know, she moved out of uh, that area that I grew up in. And I started my podcast in 2019, started interviewing women that have followed a passion. And all of a sudden I thought of Cynthia. And I still, you know, my family still kept in touch with her sister, but I was like, you know, let me reach out to her and just see if she'll be a guest. She was a guest. She told the most incredible story, things that I didn't know. And from there, I gave her the idea. I said, you know what? I, I didn't think about all this stuff that you're sharing with me about the NFL spouse. Like I, I never thought about it. My family, like my, my boys are really into the NFL um, and football. My, um, my husband, they, we do fantasy. And whenever they talk about the person that got transferred, it's like exciting. But I don't think about the behind the scenes. I'm going to look at this totally different. And I'm so fascinated how this has impacted you. Or if your husband is transitioning out of the league and he's been playing flag, you know, he started flag football when he was five, right? And now all of a sudden he hurt himself and he's out of the league. What does that do to that spouse? So I became very curious and asking a lot of questions. And she said to me, I said, I, I would love to give this platform. I would love to use my fireside platform. I had just gotten on fireside to interview some of the spouses. And she said, I would love it. So we partnered and lo and behold, and the reason why I'm telling you the story, cause you'll totally connect to this. 
we're going to be at the Super Bowl. The NFL gave us clearance to broadcast live. Oh, wow. All the stuff that the women are doing that we don't know about. There's a fashion show. There's a there, there's an organization called Off the Wives Women's Association. And it's the, I mean, the Wives Association. And it's, they have this glamorous, amazing fashion show every year. And they have, they pick one charity and all the, fu- you know, the, all the proceeds go to that charity. Cynthia does a luncheon one of the days because she started an organization called NFL Thread, which is like the LinkedIn for the women of the NFL. So like if you're transferred or if you just happen to be going to one of your husband's games and you're at, or boyfriend's games and you're in a different city, you can go on LinkedIn, see who's around, see who has a shop, who has like, you know, a brick and mortar, a restaurant, whatever. So you, you keep it connected. And so... That experience, because I remembered, and now I'm going to be at the Super Bowl broadcasting live through Fireside, which is really exciting as one of the platforms I'm going to be using to interview these people. So now we have opportunities for other companies to get their products in gift bags or have pop-up shops. And now I'm a part of this whole thing that I never would have thought it because I sat and really thought about connections that I've made in my, in my, you know, my world. And keeping those connections alive and relationships are what you make them. You have to put into them to get out of them. Um, and it's just remind, like it's, you reconnected, you put the energy in, you put the time in, and then you reap the rewards. It really is like, you know, it's the same way with networking. It's the same way with building your advisory board or the board of your company as you continue to build and scale and an enterprise, you have to put time and energy into relationships to harness them and grow them. Exactly. I love You couldn't, couldn't have said it better. I love that. So give us a little insight also, if you want to share anything that you're working on now that you're excited about, or is, is your main you know, focus right now on... Um, yes, I'm, I'm investing in a lot of female entrepreneurs, women of color. I've made some really interesting, exciting new investments in the last several years. Um, I invested in a Black-owned brand, um, a skincare brand called Topicals, um, two Indian founders who, um, Indian Canadian founders who um, run a company called Bloom, which is in the self-care space, um, Chill House, which is in the body care and nail space um, with a Latinx founder. So like, I'm really excited about the brands and the businesses that I'm investing in. Also, Shaz and Keeks, which is going into the Sephora Accelerate program, which is a hair brand that is started by two women of color founders. So I'm very, very excited about all of the companies that I'm investing in and the entrepreneurs I'm getting to work with. I love that. Now tell us a little bit, because I know we're coming to the to the end of the show, but how old are your children right now? My son's nine and a half. My daughter's seven and a half. They both have May birthdays. They're two years apart, minus four days. Um, they have one birthday party because mom works. So it's the football princess party usually. Um, and that's what it is. I love it. That's why I had three kids all two years apart. So I, I totally get that. And so I would love for you to tell, because I do have a lot of women. I have a lot of moms. I do have men that listen to this well. But what is one advice that you can give someone that has a drive like you do, that is raising children? Um, what are one of the things that you can really say that has helped you be the mom that you are and the businesswoman that you are? But you got to be the change you want to see in the world. It's an old Mahatma Gandhi quote, but it really is true. Like if you want to be a role model to your children and you want to work hard and show them that family matters and that you take the time to eat dinner with them and that you're device free and you're engaged in conversation with them and you're making something fresh for them to eat and you're showing them that you care, but you're also working and may miss many other things in their lives. Like 
it's all about picking and choosing what's important to you personally and to show them that you care, they matter and to give them that QT, but at the same time, also to pursue your own dreams that fulfill you personally, because I'm a better mother when I'm fulfilled professionally and personally. Yes. You could, oh my God. That's like my favorite quote ever because it's so true. We are better when we're doing things that are filling our cup as well. And it's not selfish, right? It's not selfish. My kids see, I started this podcast because I wanted to start something. I started consulting people because I wanted to make a difference in other people's lives. And yes, it took me, I had to shift. I had to make changes in the way I was mothering or parenting, but my kids also saw, okay, as you said, mom's present X, Y, and Z this time. Maybe it's different than what she was before, but we're just getting different sides. So I love that you said that. And um, can you share with everyone where they can find you? This will be in the show notes, but just, you know. You can find me on Instagram at D-G-U-G-N-A-N-I, D-G-U-G-N-A-N-I. Perfect. Well, David, thank you so much for, for joining us. This has been fascinating. And I really love that we've connected and that you were able to share your story with the Your Next Stop listeners. You guys, you know what to do. If you like what you hear, please rate, review, subscribe. Also, I want you to share with a friend. You know that you have a friend out there that has inspiration that is just not doing it. Give them a little inspiration by sharing this podcast and tagging us and let us know that, you know, you guys heard us and that you like what you hear. So thank you. And we'll see you guys next week. I hope you liked this episode of Your Next Stop. Please subscribe to my channel, share with your friends and join in each week. 